Welcome to the Audacity Church Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by what you hear today. We love to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Take some time to share your story of how God is working in your life and email us at amen at loveservego.com. Now prepare your heart to hear from God today. Matthew chapter 7. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. An unhealthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and the beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not, does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. That's the reading of God's word. Father, we desperately desire not to just be hearers of your word, but to be obedient, to be doers of what we hear. So Father, we, we trust you. We, we stand upon the words of Jesus that we are called to be born again. Father, we believe that you love to show yourself as a good father, as one who loves and cares. And so right now, I don't know what prayer requests that people in this house have. I don't know exactly what they're walking through. But I just pray right now that you would just speak to their hearts. God, if there's someone in this house that, that needs to be healed, we just pray that they would receive healing and wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. By his stripes that we are healed, you you placed our infirmities, our sickness upon him. And so we just ask that you would make whoever is struggling with something right now, that you would make them whole. Father, if there's someone that's gathered here this morning and they're wrestling with addiction, it's destroying what's happening in their lives, we pray that you would just break them free today. That you would allow them to see the freedom that they have in Christ. Father, if there's someone here that's wrestling with just their value, their worth, they just don't feel like they're good enough, they don't feel like they could earn your love, will you just let them know how, how much you love them? But if, if there's someone in here that's skeptical this morning, maybe they're still trying to figure this whole thing out, I just pray that as they, as they pray to you, as they seek to you, as they open your word and, and 
maybe just curiosity that you would meet them in a real and tangible way. Father, I I just pray for our country today. God, we know that we are exiles, that we are strangers in this land. (laughs) This this place isn't our home. God, we don't want to allow the lines to be blurred between a party or patriotism to blur it somehow with Christianity. We just want to stand firm on your book, but we do want to thank you this morning. Thank you for this land that that we get to live in. God, I I just pray that as so many people across our nation today are, are mourning the loss of people who have given up their lives for our freedom, that we would remember them, we would celebrate them, that we would hold those families in high honor. We don't want to be foolish and not remember it. What great cost it comes to have the freedoms that we do, the the freedom to gather openly, the freedom to invite and share our hope that we have. We are truly, truly blessed and and, and grateful. And Father, as we, we continue today, we above all, we thank you for the sacrifice of the shed blood of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice that was paid so that we would never be separated from you. We thank you that he bore our sin upon the cross so that we could be seen as righteous in your eyes because as your word says, you are holy, holy, holy. And we pray that you just have your way in the rest of the service, that our, our, our ears would be open and attentive and that the, the word that's spoken today would fall on good soil. God, we would be transformed today by the power of the spoken word. Your word is true. And by the proclaiming of the gospel, of preaching your word, we pray that our hearts would be transformed today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning, Audacity Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Morning. morning. I'm Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here at Audacity, and it's my privilege to get to wrap up Mosaic this morning. I hope you're having a great Memorial Day weekend. Just remember, you drink lots of water. You go outside, you drink lots of water, and you use sunscreen. All right? That's your public service announcement for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I spent a lot of time outside yesterday, and I got dehydrated. I was like, oh, why do I feel so bad? Oh, that's right. I sweated a lot yesterday. Hey, listen, for the past two months, um, we have been going through this sermon series of Mosaic. 
We've had seven sermons on this, and it's all about building a lasting faith with broken pieces. And we have these two tremendous mosaic pieces, the one right behind me and this table. And I want you guys to really look at those this morning as, as I speak, all right? So let's have a word of prayer. Father, we so thank you for who you are, and we thank you that you love us as much as you do. Fathers, I have been preparing for this message. I have been overwhelmed by your love for me and for every single person that has ever lived in this world. Father, it is overwhelming. And so I ask and I pray that the Spirit of God this morning would so enter this place and enable that feeling of the love that you have for us to flow through us. I thank you for this morning, and we thank you for this weekend, and we ask these things in our Savior's name. Amen. If you're watching this online this morning, we appreciate it, we thank you, and uh, enjoy the Coke and the chips, and as you sit back and aren't here, and, and hopefully next week, come experience it in person. It's a great, great thing, I promise. It's better than just listening to the podcast or watching online. Um, that's what I did this last week. I listened to all the podcasts uh, to make sure that I had this idea. And my wife's like, are you listening again? Was that, because I was here, I wasn't here last week. And she's like, is that last week? She's like, no, that was like, I don't know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But I wanted to catch up because I wanted to make sure that I got the whole essence of this, right? So in your notes, in your, in your handouts, it's all laid out for you with some blank lines. Week one, we talked about all about Jesus. We talked about pressing on and enduring the setbacks of life. I mean, do you have some of those in your life? Do you have setbacks that have happened that you just, you don't know? Well, he's telling you in week one that you need to be pressing on and you need to be all about Jesus. Then week two was enduring the setbacks. I'm sorry, I read my notes wrong. Because enduring the setbacks was about, was all of, we spent that time in James, that book that is difficult to read, but we find a lot of comfort in that book, <laughs> and the joy that we need to have in our Christian life day in and day out. Week three was living a life that can be molded, God having his way with you. Are you moldable this morning? Are you, is there, is there enough Humbleness in your life that he can allow the master to mold you as clay. Week four was living the life that can be refined. We talked about how that the silversmith, as he had the silver in the fire, he had it in the hottest spot possible, and he knew when it was done when he could see his reflection. We talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we talked about how Jesus met them there in the fiery furnace. That fiery furnace that killed the guys that were trying to throw them in, right? But they lived through it. They not only lived through it, but when they came out, they didn't smell like smoke. Their eyebrows weren't burned. Nothing. And at the end of the day, Nebuchadnezzar goes, there's only one true God. Then we had, a, then we had talked about living a generous life. Hey, guys, this is a time and a point and a place in your life that it's, it's time to leave the childish things and the selfishness back at home. And be generous with what the Father's given you. Give freely of what He's given you. It's not yours anyway. It's all His. He just loaned it to you. So you appropriate it as He would have you appropriate it. 
whether it's your time, your treasures, or your talents. And then Ronnie and Ashley spoke on living an emptied life. You know, we live in a world where it's like, it's mine, 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 right? We want to be as full as possible, right? Just keep feeding, keep feeding, keep feeding. It's like, I got three boys, and I swear, you know, they're going to eat me out of house and home. We have to close the kitchen down, right? Like, hey, at 15 minutes after mealtime, kitchen's closed. It doesn't open until 15 minutes before the next mealtime. Don't walk in there. Don't, I'm going to seriously think about putting a padlock on the fridge doors. My little one knows how to open and pull out the cheese drawer, and there's like cheese everywhere. I'm like, what did you do? I'm hungry. Well, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are to empty ourselves daily. And then last week, uh, Ronnie talked about living life in community for the city, seeking the wellness and the, the, the seeking for the wellness, the peace and the welfare of the city that you're planted in. Right, because we talked about in Jeremiah 29 about how you're planted there, you're to you're to plant gardens there, you're to marry there, you're to give your you have kids there, you're to give your kids away in marriage there, and you seek the the welfare, the peace, and the prosperity of the city. So what are you doing for the, for Tulsa Jerusalem this morning? Right, what are you doing? Are you seeking to, to for the peace of it? This is where we're planted right now. Well, here's the kicker. This whole, this whole idea of this mosaic life, the broken pieces, because we're all broken, right? We all have our broken pieces that we know of in our lives that just hurt sometimes. And he uses it to, to form this, this beautiful portrait. Well, this morning, Ronnie read from Matthew chapter 7. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, there. And we're going to reread that portion in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. If you got your Bibles, it's the first book in the New Testament. If you've got your app, as some call it the fake Bible, you can scroll through it and find it. It starts with an M. Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house but did not fall because it had, not, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Well, here's the kicker this morning. 
all these last weeks leading up to this week, if you are not born again, if you are lost and dead in your trespasses and your sins, then nothing we've talked about these seven weeks have any bearing in your life. There's no hope. You cannot find solace in it. You can't even, you can't even claim it. You can't even look at it and be like, I got that. No, you don't. Because everything we've talked about this last seven weeks is all about for those who are born again, who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and is saved. After the last song in Ronnie's prayer, I was like, I don't need to preach because they covered it all in there in those lyrics in his prayer. My desire this morning is to, for you to, to, to again be offered the gift of salvation. You see, this is, what, this is what Jesus came to do. The only reason he left heaven to come down here was to redeem and buy you back. That is all. In this house, we like to say that we don't want to share our faith, we want to share our hope. So I'd like, I'd like to share with you my hope this morning. So when you turn your Bibles to John, it's a few books after Matthew, and we're going to look at the most famous verse in all of the Bible, John 3.16. As you turn there, I want to read to you Matthew 1.21. The angel of the Lord was visiting Joseph and was telling him that he and his soon-to-be wife Mary were going to have a kid. And the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, She will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That was his whole purpose. So you fast forward to the book of John, chapter 3. Jesus is talking to this Pharisee called, by the name of Nicodemus. And he says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Did you, did you catch that in verse 17? God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Do you realize that Jesus is not condemning you this morning? That's not what he came for. He came to seek and to save the lost. You condemn yourself. If you do not believe in Jesus, you are condemning yourself. Are you hearing me this morning? You condemn, not him. He loves you. He created you. He wants you more for himself than any other person in the face of this planet. I cannot tell you how much he loves you this morning. If, um, you know, there's a lot of analogies in Scripture, and one of them is, you know, being an army of God. Well, if there's a SEAL team in the army of God, Jesus is like SEAL Team 1. He's this guy, I mean, Jesus is the one. He goes in and he penetrates and he rescues that one that's behind enemy lines and brings him back out. And we see this in John chapter 4. So flip over with me just like a page to John chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 4. 
And Jesus had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It's about noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And I don't know that we have, I have a real good analogy for explaining this for us today, but this is what I know, that when a Jew would come up to the border of Samaria, if where he wanted to go was on the other side of Samaria, they would walk all the way around to get to that spot. They would not go through. Wouldn't do it. Um, but not Jesus. You see, Jesus had a a reason and a purpose and a mission that day. And he knew that he had to go into Samaria. He wanted to go into Samaria because he knew that there was one there that needed him. So he tells his, his boys, hey, we're going to go. And I could just see, uh, it's not dialogue, I can just see the dialogue going on though. Hey, do you think he knows? You know he's God, right? Jesus is God and he knows that Jews don't go into Samaria. But these disciples, I can just see it. Are you sure? Like, you want to go in there? Yes, I want to go there. We're going there. He never stops walking. And he gets to that spot, the well. Verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where did you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. You know, it's not about what you don't have to do anymore. <laughs> Because what this issue is, is that you're dead in your trespasses and your sins. You're going to go to hell when you die. You're separated from God forever. And Jesus is saying, but I am the water of life. If you'll drink of what I'm offering you, you don't have to die. I know this isn't... Jesus said to her in verse 16 hey, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. This is part of that mosaic, right? This is the broken pieces of this woman's life. What are your broken pieces in your life this morning? What are the things that are broken that you know are broken? 
here she has had five husbands. The one she's got now isn't. So you, is it, are you having marital problems today? Is it addiction? Is it the addiction to alcohol, the addiction to tobacco products, the addiction to the addiction to porn, the addiction to the addic- we're a country filled with addiction. Jesus says, listen, <laughs> I don't care. Will you come to me? I know how to fix all of that. I know how to take those broken pieces in your life and make something beautiful out of it. No, but you don't understand, Jesus. I really have a problem. No, I do understand. But I am the one who can do this with your problems. Verse 27. Just then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So so the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Isn't that amazing? This is how it's supposed to work. Because, you see, I don't care what you think you can hide from Jesus, which, by the way, is nothing, because he knows all of it. She tried to skirt the issue, right? Well, I don't have a husband. That's right, you don't. You've had five. Hey, Jesus, I haven't had a drink. That's right, today. That's right, you haven't. You had four last week. You had four yesterday. And you ran out, and you and it's Sunday, and liquor store's not open, so you haven't got to go to buy some more yet. I know. Let me heal this. Let me handle this. Verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Isn't it awesome when people recognize your purpose. (laughs) I think it's so awesome that those people realize, hey, he's the Savior of the world. It's the same thing that happened to Nebuchadnezzar. After Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were rescued or came out of the fiery furnace, he even said, there's no one like me. Your God is the one true God. I'm telling you this morning that Jesus is the one true Jesus. That there's nothing else. There is nobody like him. You see, he left heaven. He didn't run away. The Trinity had this discussion because they knew that when man was made and that Eve fell and Adam and Eve took of that that apple and they sinned and they knew there had to be a way to redeem the world, Jesus said, 
Here am I, send me. So he left heaven. He had it made, y'all. We talk about having it made, don't we? We, you know, we look at these NBA basketball players, and I just read an article last night about, it's an old article, but Kevin Durant signed like a $300 million Nike shoe. He's got it made, y'all. He's got it made. Michael Jordan's like what worth $1.5 billion, something ridiculous like that. You know, he's got it made, right? Well, he has all the money in the world. They both have all the money in the world. But that's not having it made. See, Jesus, is what he's going to do is with your brokenness, these broken pieces in your life, if you'll come to him and ask him to be your savior and ask him to redeem you, he won't automatically make like the bitterness go away. He doesn't just automatically heal the the broken uh, parted family. He doesn't just all of a sudden make you sober. He gives you the hope because you're starting, you're building your house on the rock like it says in Matthew 7. Because that rock is Him. And that is where you need to build. I mean, that's what's so amazing because this brokenness that we have in our lives, all of a sudden He can start doing this stuff with it. I don't know how many pieces of paper it was. Johnny told me at one point. But when when those pieces of paper got bought they had no idea that they would turn out like this. But Ashley and Susan started taking scissors and they started cutting and they started gluing. And next thing you know, this took, after a whole day worth of work and another day after that probably, it looks like this. Well, that's what Jesus wants to do with your life. I want to read you something out of Colossians chapter 3. If this morning you're like, you know, that's me. I have those broken pieces. And maybe you're on the, you're on the, you're just on the edge of whether or not you want to follow Christ or not you want to ask him to be your savior, whether or not you want to die to yourself and be raised again anew and be born again. Colossians 3.1 If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Can you imagine how cool it would be for you this morning if you would cry out to Jesus and ask him to save you to know that your life is hidden with him in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie one to another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, i.e., hope. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, 
as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Is it peace that you want this morning? Is it the ability to actually have hope? Is that it? Do you want to know that at the end of a bad day, there's hope? Do you want to know that at the end of the argument with your wife, that there's hope? Do you want to know at the end of the day when you've stumbled and you've fallen and you've taken another drink that there's hope? When you've looked at a picture on the internet that you shouldn't have looked at, that there's hope? That's Jesus. And what all you have to do is come. The thing that I love about Jesus is this. In this house, we sing a song called Reckless Love. And right now, it's one of my favorites. The bridge of it goes like this He chases you down, fights till you're found. There's no shadow he won't light up, there's no mountain he won't climb up coming after you. There's no wall he won't kick down, lie he won't tear down coming after you. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Because, you see, he's after you. A long time ago, 1987, he came after this little boy. understood that he was a sinner and that Jesus wasn't his savior. And after many sleepless nights of absolute terrible dreams and nightmares and crying out in the night, that little boy on a Thursday night stopped running and he allowed Jesus to grab hold of him. What's your story? Because that's mine. April 30th, 1987. I stopped running because Jesus was pursuing me so hard that I couldn't handle it anymore. And I just said, I'll give up. Take it from me. And that's what he's asking you today with your broken pieces. On your cards, on your leaflets, there's three blank lines at the bottom. I want you to take a pen that's in front of you. There should be some pens in front of you. I want you to write down what are your broken pieces? What is it that Jesus is going to use to make your mosaic? Because he loves you. He died for you. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that you will be saved. And we believe that in this house. And so right where you're sitting at this morning, you have the opportunity to be born again. You have the opportunity for the Redeemer of the entire world to come down and to save your soul. Do you hear him talking to you this morning? Do you hear him saying, I died for you? I want you back. I created you And I want you to be mine again.
asking you today is the day. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So that you can have eternal life. And God did not send his son into the world to condemn you, but to save you. If you think Jesus is condemning you, you are so far wrong. You're the one who's condemning yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Let Jesus' love take hold of you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get plugged into the ministry of Audacity or support this ministry financially, you can get more information at loveservego.com.